some space exploration promised us alien life. Lucrative planetary mining and fabulous lunar colonies. Newsflash, ladies and gents, space is nearly empty. It's a sterile vacuum filled mostly with the junk we put up there. Hello and welcome to episode 266 of Under the Cowl of MS. And if people like Jeff Bezos keep shooting their little rusty metal dick rockets up in the sky, they're going to have lots more atmospheric crap floating around that will eventually come back to space and land who knows where. It's like we just had an, a chunk of asteroid. It's kind of neat. On the news yesterday, I noticed it crashed right into a person's house. It was the size of about a softball, baseball or so. And it stuck right in the side of their house. I'm surprised it wasn't all heated up and started with a fire or something like that. But, yeah. Yeah, all kinds of shit falling from the skies every day that we don't know what it is. And a lot of it's probably a bunch of metal crap from the millions of satellites and all the other shit that we send up there to the ISS station and all that stuff. And all the rockets that drop their boosters and all this shit. And they keep testing more and more rockets than the ones that explode and stuff like that. Pieces probably get left in the atmosphere. And who knows what's all up there. Just a bunch of broken, useless crap just floating around. Instead of spending time cleaning it up, we're just going to keep sending more shit up there. But... <laughs> Today's a normal Tuesday episode. I think it's Tuesday. I'm so I'm all off. Uh, so we'll do comics, and then we'll do a little MS, multiple sclerosis, health talk, and then whatever else along the way that I come up with. And I'm starting out talking about some stuff from today is going to be comics from the Cowabunga Comic Con and stuff related to that. We had in our small town near me this last weekend, just a little tiny Comic-Con type setup, and it wasn't bad. And it's only two bucks to get in, and they had, a, I don't know, 15, 20 tables full of different vendors. Stuff there, everything from pops to action figures to comics to artwork to magic the gathering and whatever else you could come across i don't know why they set it up the way they did because the first table was a huge table area that someone uh bought just to sell pops at <laughs> and apparently they got the money because they had the biggest spot in the whole room and you walk up and Instantly see a few pops, they're kind of cool, and you ask them what the prices are. Each one we asked them about were priced between 200 and 250 bucks, and it's like, okay, now I know why you're too lazy to put a sticker on your thing with a price tag telling us what the hell the prices are. So I think it was kind of stupid to put that person up front because. I would think that would scare the shit out of most parents because the kids instantly see some pop they want and they're like, Oh mom, dad, can we have it? And parents asked the guy how much, Oh, 500 bucks. <laughs> it's a special edition Pokemon. It's got a 
pink dot on its cheeks. So it's worth 200 times its original price. <laughs> uh, that just pisses me off when people put the price gougers up front like that. That's just ridiculous. But I didn't see anybody around their tables the whole time I was there other than people that stopped, asked the price, and then walked away. So I don't know how much they sold, if they sold much, but who knows. But the rest of the vendors, there was a lot of decent ones in there. And it was a fun little little event. I'm going to keep an eye on them and go to other ones that they have around the state. Because it sounds like they do them randomly throughout the year. But uh, I got a few pieces of original artwork. It was done by a couple that were there at their booth. Uh, Jeremy Provost. You can get it, find out more information at J-E-R-E-M-Y-P-R-O-V-O-S-T.com. JeremyProvost.com or J or at at jpro.art but uh, yeah I picked up three fun pictures they had a bunch of crossover pictures I'm mad that I didn't go back and get a few more because I had them in my mind I wanted them but I didn't grab them right away but I picked up a Garfield and Odie Gotham Knights it's like Garfield dressed as Batman and Odie dressed up as Robin the little cat bat symbol in the background that was a cool one and the first one I instantly grabbed on to was a Pikachu dressed as Deadpool with two laser swords and then there's a Rocket and Groot one, which I thought it was just Rocket and Groot when I bought it. And then after I bought it, the wife pointed out and it's like, did you even notice that Groot's basically a Grogu, a baby Yoda? So <laughs> that was fun. So, but they had a lot. They have a lot of cool artwork. Go check out their site. Decent price if you want uh, prints of, the, of their stuff and. They have a very good variety of items, so check those out. And then if I uh, seen a couple guys from the Milwaukee area selling an original comic that they did. I shot shit with them for a second. They're decent. They had... A decent looking comic so I'm like I'm gonna check it out but I'll talk about that in a second here first off I want to talk about champions number one and two I thought I had these picked up a long time ago and I just grabbed them again just to check it out to see if I was if I did read these or not because the price is right, so figure what the heck. But it's done by uh, Marvel Comics, Mark Wade, Humberto Ramos, Victor Olazaba, Edgar Delgado, and VCs Clayton Culls. But uh, 
this deals with a group of characters like Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, Nova, Hulk, Viv Vision, uh, Cyclops' son. And we get to see superheroes doing their thing, the Avengers, and they're fighting the Wrecking Crew. And Miss Marvel just gets done with it, leaves, deals with her part of helping everybody out and then just gets gets the hell out of there and she's like i'm just sick of this it's like all they do all the superheroes do anymore is basically fight and destroy and don't care about anything and so she puts the word out that she wants to put the put together a new little group of superheroes and She gets these characters together. Well, she gets the original four together. Cyclops works his way in a little bit later in the storyline in the second issue and stuff. I got issue one and two here. And I was all excited because on the cover of the first one, you got Gwenpool coming out of a Gwenny's cereal box. And I'm like, yeah, that, I... Hoping she ends up part of the team eventually. But I don't know if she will. We'll have to wait and see. But you get to deal with them. Learning about each other's powers. Playing around with it. uh, Getting introduced to each other. Trying to figure out what each one can do. So they can basically eventually work on putting some combinations together. I got these stupid burps going all of a sudden. Uh, They want to learn about how they're going to work well together or not, and they don't want to have a group of arguing, whiny little little bitches that have to constantly sit there and argue back and forth and have their little disputes and end up having one fall in love with a gal and then another one fall in love with it. The same gal. Yeah, I'm talking about Wolverine, Gene, and Cyclops, all their issues and stuff. And all the other people just fighting over stupid-ass things. It's like, you got superpowers, for Christ's sakes. It's like, suck it up, you whiny little bitches. (laughs) Sit there and enjoy the powers you have max them out, learn about them, work together, and clean up all the crap, and quit leaving the the bad guy alive, and allowing them to escape their containment one way or another, and then kill more innocent people, while the superheroes live that they're trying to piss off and trying to go after. It's It's just... It makes no sense to me, but <laughs> I guess you have to have some type of story and some type of drama, otherwise people aren't going to be happy. But, <laughs> but yes, I did like, I really do like this Champions run. Um, not sure how far it went. I think I've seen like issues 13 and stuff, so it obviously must have went on for a while. But I got the first two, just check them out. See if I could get if I read them before or if I could get into them if I did and I did and I liked them. And then while I was at the 
Kowabunga Khan. I mentioned I ran into the guys. A couple of the guys from Milwaukee. I think there's more. I think it sounded like there was one more person that was part of the uh, the group that started this comic. And if you're looking at the back of it, it's done by TP3 Di- Productions, which is Tyree Pope the thirds productions i am assuming and that's who was the writer and creator of it character concepts by keenan butler and illustrations by chandra kelly the artwork's decent nice colors Uh, basically, the concept for this, I want to give you the basics of it on our Facebook page. It says, we follow the protagonist on the intergalactic journey as they flee the galactic enslavement of the alien Bilan army. Uh, I love the story. I love where it's going to I we're hopefully where it's gonna go in here. The first issue, we get to see them escape their containment and dealing with a variety of aliens along the way while trying to figure each other out. It's like I have to reread it. I wanted to reread it this morning before I did the podcast, but I ended up doing a ton of shit this morning, so I just I wanted to get my podcast out, and it was like noon by the time I got home. So I'm like, yeah, it's, I got to get my Tuesday podcast out. So I was reread it again later. And because I read the volume one, and then I watched the animated uh, short that they have put together so far on that. You can find it on their Facebook page. You can also find it on the Fair Fight Comics web page and it uh I after watching the animated version I'm like oh shit I knew I I read some of the word balloons out of order and stuff because after hearing the <laughs> the characters in the animation I'm I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. And so I got to definitely reread it. But yeah, I like where this is going. I really like what they're doing with this animation. I'd love to see this on like an adult adult animation network. The up all night type things or like the old, this would have been perfect back in the day when MTV did uh, the Max and Beavis and Butthead and Eon Flux and all those animated things. This would have been perfect fit in right in there between all that. But as far as the characters go, you have Ultra. I'm just going to give you these off the the website. Ultra is the alpha dog, or at least she thinks so. She can create and control electromagnetic energy or things affected by it. She is very outspoken and tends to bite off more than she can chew she is the first in a line in for the first in line to challenge anyone quite obsessed with becoming powerful 
most characters fear her and she loves it. And now just like every other comic, I don't read any of these depictions or anything until I'm talking about them. And so this is helping me out a lot because in the comic, you're dealing with man. Uh, uh, I'm going to screw this up. Man, boy, and uh, something girl. But they didn't have direct names, so it was kind of confusing for me. Kind of like they had a mind wipe when they were put into this prison environment. But it's like it is. It's volume one, so you don't get the full effect of what's all going on, the whole background on the characters yet. You got to get it. Within the first three issues, you'll get all that information. So I need more. I need more. On <laughs> volume two and volume three, I want to see what's up. And I definitely want to see the animation. I want to get the by the animation when it's done. I'm really looking forward to that. But Ultra is one of the characters we deal with in here that's in prison. And uh, Lennox is the other one. He's the man boy, and here he's called. And uh, Lennox is a witty character with multiple abilities, such as telepathic and ice-related powers. He plays the beta to Ultra's alpha characteristics. He's laid back. He knows he's the smartest person in the room. Plus, he knows what everyone is thinking. So, and in here, the characters are just relearning the abilities that they have so it's kind of fun seeing that aspect of it too so but it's gonna be nicer once we get to know more from it all and then we have human who is human is an all-powerful being that is more mystery than substance human plays the comedic relief and makes fun of the stereotypes of comic books he rarely shows his powers because he is focused on developing Ultra and Lennox, and that's why we're kind of curious. We don't really know anything about this character, whether he has what powers he has and stuff either yet. And I'm not sure. I took it that he was like an AI unit, but I'm not positive that that's... The way it is or not, I was hoping this was going to tell me that, but and they, they name him human, which gives him the most human aspect, but he <laughs> gives me more of an AI feel, so it's going to be going to be interesting down the line what Volume 2 and Volume 3 have to offer, so I'm definitely looking forward to keeping up with it. I hope they keep going with it for a while we get more backstory and everything from it we'll see what happens and definitely check out the animation you guys you gotta go on their facebook page and see the the preview of their animation they also have it on their fair fight comics website at fairfightcomics.com and then fair fight comics for the facebook page so check that out couple great guys from milwaukee doing a comic book uh you anything from wisconsin i'm gonna jump on it check it out and then 
One last one I'm going to quickly talk about is uh, I was walking, I was headed out, and I wanted to stop at this one area that had a box of comics. And uh, right on top of one of the boxes of comics is this one comic just sitting there all by itself, Superman Family Adventures, issue eight. And it's done by, of course, you could tell instantly by the cover. It's done by Baltazar, Art Baltazar and Franco. It's called, it's got a nameplate in here called The Mysterious Alien Menace. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to save that comic from being just left there and check it out and then give it to a kid down the line or whatever. Because I like, I want to keep giving kids that want to get into comic books, some Art and Franco comics. They're good, family-friendly, great way to get kids into them. But it's fun. It's a Superman-ish comic. I don't really care about Superman. I'm not a fan of Superman myself. Uh, But you get... uh, No, come on. The dog, the Superman dog, Superman. And then a couple super kids in here. You get some cool looking lizard alien creature that we're dealing with. And this like ice chick and a super mouse. And just a bunch of different super characters throughout this. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, apparently this is an ongoing run that I didn't know that Art and Franco did. And, of course, it's by DC Comics. Uh, It was originally done in 2013, it looks like. But we get to see menacing issues because of a Lex Luthor-type interruptions. We get a bug that's got, like, Lex Lex Luthor's symbolization on him. We get to deal with right of the Superman clan, the Jurels, and Brainiacs in here are dealing with. He's got some type of Kryptonian technology that they have to deal with, and it's just a lot of fun. And just of course, you get to see the cat and. The super cat and the super mouse playing with this strange bug creature. (laughs) Lots lots of hilarity ensues in here. But yeah, same as always, Art and Franco. Do great with family-friendly comics. I'm glad I picked it up. I would not have jumped on any type of Superman run, apparently, because I don't care much about that character anymore. And he just comes from another planet and destroys our planet. (laughs) And then gets mad at our superheroes and fights with them all the time. (laughs) But, yeah. Check those out. Lots of good comics. Champions, Fair Fight. And then the Superman Family Adventures. All well worth checking out. 
other than that, the show was decent, uh, small but good. It kept me going. I, w- I would have stayed longer, but the facility that they were set up in didn't have great airflow, and I was sweating like a pig by the time I after about an hour wandering around going through stuff and you're trying to go through boxes and you're shoulder to shoulder with everybody and just trying not to drip your sweat on the, <laughs> their comic boxes. So, but, Yeah, hopefully we'll see more about the Fair Fight animation. Check out the art couple. and Other than that, there's a lot of Magic the Gathering stuff and action figures out there. I picked up a few, <laughs> of course. But, all right. think that's it for the comic portion, even though I am getting way behind. Uh, I got a few minutes left here. I can throw something quick in here health-wise before we swap over to the main MS health segments, but they're looking into a link between PTSD and autoimmune diseases now. Uh, Basically having a condition like post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD can be rough on the body. Uh, Some research that's been published confirms that PTSD is linked to autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, Crohn's disease, celiac disease, and like a variety of other type of autoimmune diseases. And some of the most common ones are diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, Multiple sclerosis, lupus, inflammatory bowel disease, Addison's disease, Graves' disease, Jorgen's disease, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, thyroiditis, myasthenia gravis, autoimmune vasculitis, pernicious anemia, celiac disease, and so on. There's tons of them, but. Yeah, I can totally see how autoimmune diseases can cause PTSD because when you're dealing with the stress and you're we're already sensitive to stress and the primary stress hormone of the body, the cortisol has influence over our immune system and usually helps to balance our immune function, but our bodies are... A lot of things that are supposed to do good in our bodies do the opposite. When stress is severe, the control of cortisol over the immune system can be permanently impaired, leading to increased inflammation. An increased inflammation can lead to a range of diseases and disorders, including autoimmune diseases, heart diseases, and diabetes. And in the case of the PTSD, it has a slew of effects on our physiology. The stress response system 
however, may be driving force behind the autoimmune symptoms. And normally cortisol, the primary messenger of the stress response, works as a natural inhibitor of inflammation. But when stress is pervasive or extreme, the body begins to become resistant to cortisol or doesn't produce as much cortisol. When this happens, inflammation can increase due to a lack of endogenous inhibition And this increases the inflammation, which can lead to a range of diseases and disorders, including autoimmune diseases. And then stress, which doesn't cause autoimmune diseases by itself, uh, can cause people who are already predisposed, uh, perhaps because of a genetic predisposition, Stress might be one of the factors that leads to leads the disease to develop. And this is putting more form onto the stuff I've been talking about that I want to get into with uh, brain research and all that stuff. I want to write up a whole thing about that and look at related effects of stress and uh, trauma that can cause it, but. I am running out of time, so I'm going to be right back after this with some more multiple sclerosis health stuff. All right, time for some MS health segment. And we just got done talking about some, just going over the concept that PTSD can be brought on by autoimmune diseases, which can be brought on by stress and all that stuff. And I, yeah, that's common sense in my mind. It's like any type of disease that you got to deal with long-term or life-ending or whatever, it only makes sense that it could cause PTSD. But... Now let's look into dyscesia. Dyscesia is a type of chronic pain triggered by the central nervous system. It's commonly associated with multiple sclerosis, MS, a disease that causes damage to our central nervous system. Pain doesn't always enter the discussion when talking about MS, but it actually a common symptom which I don't know I'm, I'm reading what they have written down and that's from my experience with MS that line right there is huge bullshit <laughs> I don't know many people with MS that don't deal with I mean, the two, two of the first things you're going to hear about are pain and fatigue by most people with MS uh, it's like so I don't know why they'd even be considering it, that it doesn't always enter the discussion. It's like, I think it always does. That'd be one of the first things. But dyscesia often involves sensations such as burning, electric shock, or a general tightening around the body. Generally occurs in the legs, feet, arms, and hands. <laughs> Basically, 
No, it generally occurs in every any part of our body. Well, it does say, but it can affect any part of the body. It's like, I don't know, part of my body, it hasn't felt some type of pain. It's like, I'm pretty sure I mentioned one of my new ones is my right side from my ribs to my waistline. I will get a severe cutting. It's like someone's cutting me open on just inside the flesh. It's not near a vital organ feeling it's like it's in the flesh but it's not an external part of the flesh it's interior and it feels like someone's just taking a variety of razor blades and ripping up my flesh with them and at the same time there's electricity flowing through them and it's just very sharp extreme pain and it just hits at the weirdest times. I'll be sleeping at night. I'll just be sitting, whatever. It's happened at all times. Standing, sitting, sleeping, laying, whatever. I've had it at all different periods throughout the day. So I don't know what this, what set this new one off. But yay. <laughs> uh, it's probably a permanent thing that's just going to happen on and off randomly now. Because... Many of my pains just stick around nowadays now that I'm in secondary progressive MS instead of primary or instead of relapsing remitting. So I get to deal with all that wonderful crap. Hopefully it'll go away, but it's not looking too good because I've had it now for, I'd say, about a week and a half. So it's not getting much better. But different types of dysthesia. That you can get. Yeah, I give Mr. Lemmy Kilmeister a little treat because he's nagging at me. Uh, scalp dysthesia, also called burning scalp syndrome, involves pain, burning, stinging, or itching on or under the scalp. There's usually no rash, flaking, or other visible irritation. But there is when you're constantly dealing with it. You're constantly rubbing it, scratching it, trying to get to, get to that damn pain, but you can't reach it. Uh, it's, my wife will be doing my hair and she'll find a big old scab or something because it's an area I was getting a ton of pain. I was going in, just digging in there, going nuts with it. But yeah, it's, it can be very annoying uh, and can definitely cause scabbing if you're picking at it and trying to get to it. A study back in the day suggested that it may be related to cervical spine disease. There's cutaneous dysthesia, which is characterized by a feeling of discomfort when your skin is touched. Uh, a symptom which can range from mild tingling to severe pain may be triggered by anything from clothing to gentle breezes. Uh, it's weird how you're, how sensitive your skin can get at moments when you're dealing with pain in those areas. And then, like I've said before, with my, I'm asleep from my bottom of my ribs to my toes, my forearms to fingertips. And a lot of times for certain pains, they'll, 
suggest using a TENS unit, which is a little device where you put these little suction sticky thingies on it, pads on your body with the electrical wires hanging off them. And you're basically zapping yourself, electrocuting yourself with these things to make the muscles contract and all that. And hopefully help the pain go away. But when I put them on, I instantly freak out and have to get them off me because it is the weirdest sensation using that over the top of being already numb and tingly and burning so that that does not help at all and i've been wanting to go in and get a new tattoo for the longest time and i'm the ones i want are in those areas and i'm just debating on it and keep pushing it off but we'll see i was thinking about getting one of my arm tattoos finished and while they're doing it, have them just do a couple little lines in certain areas in my legs and stuff. and My lower body, my arms, and just see what happens feeling-wise with the numbness, how it, if it drives me insane or not. And then I can decide if I want to ever get something done. There's also occlusal dysesthesia. OD, also called phantom bite syndrome, is a discomfort in the mouth when biting, usually with no obvious cause. Although OD was initially believed to be psychological, be a psychological disorder, uh, newer case reports suggested that it could be associated with a condition in which the teeth of the lower and upper jaws aren't aligned resulting in an imbalanced bite. So that's, that's kind of weird. I don't know how that would, I suppose, having the jaw, jaw line, jawbone line off-center or something because of a bite could cause it. But And I've had those issues on and off back in the day, but I also was missing <laughs> half to most of my teeth now i have no teeth so now i'm dealing with other bite issues which i just went to the dentist again today to get another realignment done on my new lower dentures it's just got huge raw spots on the whole right half back side of my gums and of course i get yelled at have you been rinsing your mouth with warm salt water so usually i have people that'll do that and three days later they're perfectly fine it's like okay so why do i have a bony ridge that's underneath it <laughs> that's not from gonna go away from salt water that's bony ridge was formed there because the denture is pushing against my gums and form, forming that ridge but yeah it's we had to do a bunch of adjustments and the dentist lady, she, they're always so mean. <laughs> I don't know why they're so angry at me. It's like, I do have a thing where I have three months to come in and get this straightened out. And then I can't get it done at all unless I pay for it after that. I've already forked out almost three grand on these damn things. So, so yeah, it's, not fun playing with dental issues. But 
Let's see, dyscesia versus parasesia versus hyperalgesia. <laughs> it's easy to confuse all three of these with each other. Second two, both of which can also occur with MS. Parasesia describes sensory symptoms such as numbness and tingling, skin crawling, or that pins and needles feeling. It's distracting and uncomfortable, but not generally considered painful. Yeah, you have it every day of your life and tell me whether or not it's painful to you. And hyperalgesia is increased sensitivity to painful stimuli. And dysthesia is more severe than paresthesia and has no apparent stimuli. Symptoms of dysthesia. Some are aching or throbbing, skin crawling, burning or stinging, shooting, stabbing, or tearing pain, electrical shock-like sensations. And I get everything from numbness to stabbing to pins and needles to shards of glass in your flesh to being electrocuted to having like three to six inch knives pushed into your flesh and muscles. Uh, a lot of times I get a like a feeling of someone just taking an ice pick and jabbing it into me in certain areas. It's just there's so many different sensations pain wise, but but like the pain and strange sensations associated with dyscesia may be due to a sensory nerve damage. The incorrect signals from your nerves can cause your brain to stimulate strange sensations. For example, you may have painful sensations in your leg, even though there's nothing wrong with your leg. It's a communication problem between your brain and the nerves in your leg, which stimulates a brain response, and the pain is very, very, very real. <laughs> it's definitely like it's happening. It really feels like someone's jabbing a knife at me. And I feel like your brain remembers having those issues in the past, because I've been stabbed, shot, cut, put through all kinds of things. And those are the feelings that you're feeling. You'll, you'll remember them. But they're just all over in different areas. They aren't just in the area where it's happened in your past. But yeah, the nerve damage in your brain and stuff can definitely cause your body to feel anything it feels it wants you to feel or it thinks you're feeling. So treatments for dyscesia, they have anti-seizure agents like abantium, gabapentum or whatever, which is Neurontin. They got pregabalin, which is Lyrica. They have carbamazepine, which is Tegretol and phenytoin, which is Dilantin, which all help to calm your nerves. Uh, there's antidepressants such as amitriptyline, which is Elevil, nortriptyline, which is Pamelor, 
and disapramine, which is norpramine, to change your body's response to pain. Uh, there's topical pain relief creams that contain lidocaine or capsation. The opioid tramadol, Ultram, Conzip, Rizolt. Rarely prescribed and usually only for people experience severe, experiencing severe pain. Well, yeah, they don't want to push those opioids now that they're getting busted for the opioid epidemic, getting everybody all fucked up on opioids over these years, handing them out like candy because the dumbass doctors were getting kickbacks for this shit, which is bullshit. They shouldn't get kickbacks for anything. If you're a doctor, you should be prescribing and working with your patient and getting them the best needed medicine, not just shit that you're getting kickbacks on. You can't tell me they weren't getting kickbacks because there's no way they would have pushed the shit that they did on me back in the day because I didn't ask for it. I didn't even say certain or anything, and they're just trying to hand me hand bottle after bottle of opioids. The antihistamine hydroxyzine, which is Atarax for people with MS to relieve itching and burning sensation. Uh, let's check with your doctor. Your doctor will see what kind of condition you're dealing with and suggest what he can for you. More than half of people with MS experience pain as a significant symptom. About one in five people with MS who report continuous pain describe it as burning pain that mostly affects their legs and feet. Mine's Pretty much, yeah, I'd say you're, nah, I'd say legs, feet, arms, and chest are probably the, and head, are probably the most affected areas for me at least. Uh, MS causes the formation of scar tissue or lesions in the brain and spine. These lesions interfere with signals between the brain and the rest of the body. Uh, other reasons that a person with MS might have strange sensations or pain are spasticity, muscle tightness, injection site reactions because of our DMT or disease-modifying drugs, uh, side effects of medication, bladder infections, a common type of dyskinesia, Experienced by us with MS is the wonderful MS hug, so-called because it feels like you're being squeezed around your chest. It can be described as a crushing or vice-like grip causing pain and tightness in the chest and ribs. And that's not even good enough. I mean, there's times where it feels like a freaking gorilla jumped out of a zoo and grabbed hold of me and is giving me a gorilla-sized bear hug and it's crushing your ribs. Yeah, it's fun. All you can do is meditate and ride it out because if you're in an emergency room, they just hook you up to all the heart machines and nothing's wrong. <laughs> Dysthesia isn't unique to MS. There's other diseases that can cause it like diabetes due to nerve damage caused by chronic high glucose levels, 
Jillian Barr syndrome, a rare neurological condition in which the immune system attacks and damages part of the peripheral nervous system. Lyme disease, which can cause neurologic MS-like symptoms, including itching and burning sensations. HIV, due to the resulting peripheral sensory and motor nerve disorders and shingles when tingling and pain occur near, near lesions. Uh, some natural remedies you can try is applying warm or cold compresses to the affected areas, wearing compression socks, stockings, or gloves, performing gentle stretching exer- exercises, using lotions that contain aloe or calamine, taking a bath before bedtime with Epsom salts and colloidal oats, um, and using certain herbs such as acorus calamus, which is sweet flag, which I've never heard of, sweet flag, crocus sativus, which is saffron, and can be very expensive, <laughs> and ginkgo biloba. So, other than that, if it's bad and stuff, definitely check with your doctor. Let your doctor know what's going on and what you can do. And let's just run off some ways to prevent some dry skin issues. Since winter's around the corner and our skin likes to dry out, I get all kinds of creams and ointments and stuff I use to try and keep the skin from peeling and hardening and drying up. But you can, uh, moisturizing right after you bathe is a good thing to keep up on. Uh, keep ahead of the game. Some good moisturizers that work particularly well in dry winter, they say, is CeraVe Daily Moisturizing Lotion, Kiehl's, K-I-E-H-L-S Ultra Facial Cream, and Nevia Soft Moisturizing Cream. Uh, They say applying sunscreen daily can help. Try adding a layer of sunscreen each morning after after you've applied a moisturizer. I guess it kind of gives it like an extra moisture barrier, uh, which is vital for maintaining skin health and hydration. The American Academy of Dermatology Association recommends using sunscreen sunscreen with at least SPF 30. Uh, you can do overnight treatments. Some overnight treatments that they suggest are Mary Kay Extra Emollient Night Cream, Aveeno Skin Relief Intense Moisture Repair Cream, and Cutamol Emollient Skin Cream. I did notice while I was growing a beard here for a little while, I, was, I picked up some beard butter because I wanted to see if it helped with like the itchiness of the beard and all that stuff worked out good, had a great cocoa butter smell to it, but it didn't rub in good. Like I expected it to, it needed to be more like a conditioner type. Instead it was like a heavy cream. 
So it didn't really rub into the beard good and get to the skin nicely. I, I would have expected it to be more like a conditioner, but I will try other brands in the future, see how they go. Uh, adjust your skincare routine if your skin on your face seems to be especially sensitive or irritated. Due to the dry winter air, you may want to consider simplifying your skincare routine for the time being. Keep in mind that your skin's moisture barrier needs to be healthy in order to respond well to serums, toners, and other types of beauty treatments. Also, if your skin is irritated, it might be more sensitive to ingredients like fragrances and alcohol. So you can get stuff that doesn't have all that crap in it too. And consider, consider trying that. You can use a humidifier in your home. That'll help keep moisture flowing, help to add moisture back into the air in your house so it's not so dry. Whereas I got the opposite end, I got 2D humidifiers going in my basement where I sleep. So, and those things fill every day. So, it's, I have plenty of moisture down here, but I still got a lot of dry skin issues. A hot shower or bath at the end of the end of a cold winter's day can feel especially soothing but to keep your skin nourished you may want to keep the water temperature closer to lukewarm they say uh, exfoliation and scrubs which help improve dead skin cells from the surface of your skin or help remove dead skin cells can help keep your skin looking smooth and vibrant but it's possible to over exfoliate your skin if you do it too often if you do it too often or use the wrong products you can definitely over exfoliate so watch what you're using and how much you're doing it try adding occlusives to your routine uh these are okay these make sense Occlusive ingredients provide a physical barrier to lock moisture in your skin. Some examples are shea butter, cocoa butter, rosehip oil, and jojoba oil, and petroleum jelly-based products like Vaseline and Aquifer can be used. Hydrate from the inside. Another key step to keeping your skin healthy and glowing is to make sure you're staying well hydrated throughout the day. And not taking enough fluid can affect the appearance of your skin and also make it more susceptible to drying out. So, in order to stay well hydrated, you may also want to focus on eating foods that are high in antioxidants and omega-3 fatty acids. Those can help eat, make sure you eat your fish and or get your... Uh, supplements in if you need to and so i out of all the fish oils and stuff i've played with for omega-3s and omega-6s and stuff i think my favorite to this date is the krill oil i've been i was very happy with that it's a smaller tablet number one and it just felt like it was working more than the regular fish oils that i was doing so Make sure you, you're uh, 
not using irritating fabrics, make sure you get non-irritating fabrics. If your skin on your body is extra dry, try wearing loose, comfortable, natural fabrics to reduce the risk of extra physical irritation. It's like a lot of clothes now are moisture wicking that pull the moisture away from your body. So I can see those possibly causing trouble in the future. Gloves are the ultimate physical barrier against environmental agents that can dry out your skin on your hands. So you can consider wearing gloves and at times to keep from allowing other things to cause your hands to dry out. But other than that, see your doctor. If you're having lots of problems and they can send you to a dermatologist, if your dry skin symptoms become worse, or don't improve, and hopefully they can help you with some things and help you out. But, but yeah, that's it for today. Let's look at see if we find any fun facts in this book here. Oh yeah, do you know what these words have in common? Waist, ribs, skin, jaws, throat, cheeks, eye, nose, whisker, head, hand, heart. You said these words are all parts of the human body. You're right. But they are also all parts of a boat. I think I read this one before. <laughs> the words cat, dog, fox, bear, duck, goose, pig, hog, fly, jackass, monkey, donkey, horse, hounds, Swallow, robin, worm, leech, fish, crab, and dolphin are all both boat parts, too. If you want to know what all these words mean, you'll have to ask a sailor or look it up on Google. <laughs> the greatest amount of snow ever known to fall in one day was 76 inches or six and a half feet. That was in Silver Lake, Colorado in 1921. I don't know how old this book is, but I'm kind of curious if we beat that before. On May 4th, 1975, Bob Watson of the Houston Astros baseball team scored a run. Big deal. Yes, it was. It was run number one million for Major League Baseball. It took Major League players 99 years to score all these runs. <laughs> There are lizards that can bark like dogs. Yeah, I've seen I've seen something about that before. <laughs> Alright, that's good enough. We'll end that for today. And we will get back to more stuff in the near future. Probably get some more previews of upcoming things out of the way this week. And we'll definitely be back for a Thursday episode, if nothing else. So check out Crimson Color Comic Club. We had our 200th episode. I don't know. Who knows? It might have been our last episode. I'm not sure. And if you watch it, you'll find out why. Uh, and other than that, be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Do what you can to help someone out and don't be a dick. Be decent out there, and we'll get back to you relatively soon.